College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I am your host, Derek Malenzak, and this is episode 66 of the podcast. And I am uh, back with you again on this uh, slightly chilly compared to the uh, last few days here in the Northeast. Uh, We had a lovely weekend and uh, temperatures in the 60s. And it gave me the first thought that maybe spring is here and coming around the corner. And then I woke up today and it was back into the 30s and that kind of cold. Had to put the winter coat back on, wear a hat, gloves, and walk the dog. Anyway, you don't really care about that. Probably you are probably experiencing it yourself if you live in the Northeast, or if not, hopefully spring is a little bit closer uh, to you along the way if uh, that's what you're into. I know there's some uh, snow bunnies out there that probably uh, can't stand the spring. Too muddy. Anyway, uh, so today on the podcast, we are going to continue our RAP planning series. RAP stands for Wellness Recovery Action Plan. For those of you that may have missed out on the uh, previous episode, episode 65 is where I introduced uh, the RAP planning series, and we spent a good deal of time talking about, in part one, your wellness toolbox, or wellness arsenal, as I like to call it. Today, we're going to be focusing on your daily wellness plan. And so if you have, uh, if you're just joining us, I would, I would highly encourage you to go back to episode 65 and start there if you are interested in completing a RAP plan for school. I think it's a really cool document that can... Uh, really benefit a lot of people in terms of taking a proactive stance to their mental health and deciding at a time when things are going, you know, pretty okay, the things that are are helping you stay okay, as well as anticipating the things that can go wrong. And that's really what a wrap plan is for, is to kind of execute a uh, a sort of uh, protocol for, uh, you know, the things that are going well and, and when things are, when you're successful in your life and to be able to anticipate uh, bumps in the road, uh, trouble that, that is a brewing, <laughs> and uh, take stances ahead of time, you know, before it gets too out of hand to kind of self-correct. Or if you, if you can't do it by yourself, knowing the supports that are available to you that you can access and lean on during those times. So again, today we're going to be talking about the daily wellness plan. And it is uh, available if you uh, click on, if you go look in the show notes, there is a link that you can download the uh, academic wellness plan that I am working off of. And I am uh, completing it myself because as many of you know, I am a student as well as a uh, college faculty instructor. So this has been helpful for me too. Uh, This is my sort of my second semester back um, in a PhD program after trying it a few years ago and not going so well, um, I probably could have used a wrap plan back then. Um, so today, our daily wellness plan, if you are used to a traditional wrap plan or if you've, you've had experience completing one of those before, that doesn't really focus on school but more just focuses on your, your general mental health in, in any kind of domain or uh, role that you, you see yourself in, whether it's a... Um, worker or volunteer or any other social role. Um, This one is specific to school. So this section is a little bit different than a traditional wrap plan. So it's called the daily wellness plan. 
And in traditional RAP, they call it a daily maintenance plan. Um, so I kind of like wellness plan a little bit better because it kind of gets at the, the other dimensions of wellness and how they might have an impact on your academic or intellectual wellness. So let's get started. Uh, the main focus, again, is on school and what makes you a good student, right? So there are three parts to this daily wellness plan. I'm going to read the opening paragraph, uh, which, again, is available on the PDF that I have linked to. You can uh, download it, print it up yourself, and complete it right along at home with us. So what it says is your daily wellness plan. You may have realized that there are certain activities you need to do every day to maintain your wellness. This worksheet will help you recognize the activities which you need to do in order to remain healthy. When you're starting to feel out of sorts, you can often trace it back to not doing something on your daily wellness list. All right, so this is a little bit different than the first section we completed because when we talked last week about the items that go in your wellness toolbox, those are kind of, again, think of what a toolbox is. You have a bunch of tools in there, and you, when you need them, you reach into them and pull them out. Um, most people don't go into their toolbox you know, their, their real toolbox every single day, right? Uh, unless you are you have a job that requires it, um, you, you probably have a toolbox laying around the house and you only go into it when there's a specific tool that you need. This is a little different. These are daily tools. These are things, strategies, routines that help you that you often will do more often than not almost every day, not always every day, but you know, sometimes you'll take a break. But these, think of these things as rituals or routines. Um, so I think you'll, you'll get a better idea when I start talking about the ones that I've put down. All right. There are three sections in this uh, list, so we'll tackle them sort of in order. Uh, the first section, it reads like this. The following is a list of how I am as a student when I am well. All right. So what are the things that you do that make you know in your heart, like, I'm doing okay because I'm doing these things, right? They're the things that lead to higher productivity, better grades, less stress, right? Managing the, the responsibilities of school in a way where you know that the actions that you're taking are leading to good outcomes, right? There's tons of times we do things that we are, we, we know we shouldn't be doing, or we think of things that we should be doing and we decide not to do them. And even if you decide, all right, I'm not going to do that today, you probably have this feeling in the back of your mind like, yeah, but I probably should be doing it, right? So again, the things that you do as a student when things are going well, all right? There's a couple of examples listed. So they have uh, get to class on time, asking the professor questions, being prepared ahead of time. And uh, those are great ones. I'm going to talk about the ones that I listed uh, for my daily wellness plan. So beyond getting the class on time, one of the things that's important to me is attending every class, right? Uh, I know that in undergrad, I was not as diligent with this, and you sort of learned the classes that you were sort of optional to show up to, and uh, especially with the advent of online learning and, and repositories where uh, professors can upload content that is shared in class if you happen to miss it it sort of gives students in some respects an out you know if attendance is not required that classes are optional and you know I'm sure there's plenty of people that get by um, 
if they are highly diligent on on that kind of model, right? Um, accessing the course when they need to, um, you know, getting all the content from you know a friend or from again an online repository, like if they use a uh, learning management system like Canvas or Moodle. A lot of the stuff that they would have gotten in classes is available there. And, you know, if that works for you, that's fine. I'm not going to, you know, encourage you to change your procedure if it's working for you. It doesn't work for me. Um, I really, if I have a class that I'm registered for that is a traditional class, you know, meets in a classroom as opposed to online, attending every class is a priority for me these days because it makes me feel part of the class. I know I'm not missing things that might be mentioned in class, so it might be hard to get info like, oh, we're postponing the midterm for a week. If the teacher isn't diligent about sending out emails about that or, or making those changes in the learning management system. So you may get a syllabus at the beginning of the semester and think that it's going to be followed the entire semester and in fact it actually is changed up. And I would say more often than not, when things are changed up from a, on a syllabus, they are, are sort of delayed, right? Um, instructors very rarely will move things up on a syllabus, but they will sometimes, due to unforeseen errors or delays, uh, push things back. And if you're not attending class and you're not getting that info from you know a friend or the instructor themselves, you're going to miss out, right? So attending every class is something that I put down on my daily wellness plan. Or in a sense, a weekly wellness plan for that because I only have one class meet once a week. And I, I feel a part of the class and the, the teacher can see me and he knows that I'm invested in it and uh, interested in what, what you know the content is. Eh, maybe I'm not actually interested, but I, I definitely um, appear to be in class, right? And that's what's important. So I have attending every class. I have taking good notes. Um, and the emphasis there is on good, um, I sometimes will slack off, right? And I'm sure people have experienced this where they make it to class and they're, it's actually, that's the achievement, right? Like they didn't think it was going to happen or it, it took a real struggle to get to class. And once you're there, it's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to, you know, actually listen. Um, so they might zone out or they might, you know, miss opportunities to, to do the critical learning because they are just unable to keep up. They're tired or um, just disinterested is, is a time when I, I'm experienced this like mm, discouragement from taking notes like, ah, I just don't want to do it today. I'll remember what's said in class. <laughs> Famous last words. Um so when I'm taking good notes, I know I'm, I'm doing well um, because it's the things that I'm going to be reflecting back on when I need to uh, study down the line for an exam or whatnot. Now, I know that everyone can't always you know, be on top of their game when it comes to showing up, being ready to absorb the material and take the kind of notes you need to take in order to retain the information later. So what do you do in those situations? One important thing that I used to recommend when I taught cognitive remediation to college students with uh, psychiatric disabilities or mental health issues was to record the lecture. You know, if you are, you know, if you takes, if it takes all your effort to get there and once you're there, you don't have, 
either the ability or the wherewithal to actually pay attention in class, the next best thing to do would be to record the lecture and then play it at a time when you can attend to it and take notes based on what you're listening to and you're recording. Um, so that's sort of a little, like, um, you know, pro tip. If you know it's going to be one of those days where it's like, you know what, I'm just going to pat myself on the back for getting here and I'm going to do my best for as long as I can, but afterwards I'm just going to sort of fall back on my recording and I will uh, listen to it and take notes at another time when I'm feeling a little bit better. Hey, that's a great strategy, right? Um, it's taking into account that I know I'm not always going to be at my best, you know, especially, you know, for some students, really, really late classes, if they've been working all day or attending other classes or other commitments or really, really early classes if you, say, take medication and it's really hard for you to get up in an early hour. So attending every class, taking good notes, we're, we're at the top of my list. Um, having a study plan is my third one. Um, so when I'm well, I'm on top of what I need to know and study. And I don't actually go and create a study plan, although I have talked about that in previous podcasts, how to do that. But I sort of know in my head, for instance, oh, I have a, um, a paper to write. And in order to write this paper it's, that's due in a month from now, I'm going to have to make sure that I have this, this, and this reading done. And after I do that, I'm going to make sure I, I do an outline. So sort of having that process in my head of how I'm going to attend to a project um, or a study plan if this is more the case where I have an exam and I know that I don't want to wait until the last minute to study. I know that some students sort of thrive on that uh, procrastination and their ability to stay up the night before and just absorb everything. Um, that can work, but really doesn't work long term. So that stuff is easily forgotten once the exam is over. So you ended up having to relearn it at another time anyway. So a study plan would basically outline, okay, I'm going to tackle, you know, this piece of the learning, uh, you know, this day and, and allowing yourself enough time to study everything you need to and still be able to get a good night's sleep and feel, you know, on top of yourself from a wellness standpoint when you head into the classroom to sit down and take that exam. Um, similarly, kind of started with this and kind of moved to the study plan is, is starting early on projects. So a paper, um, would be an example. Um, I had a group project that I had to do last semester, and uh, I hate group projects. I really, really do. Uh, they just are not my way of learn, not my preferred way of learning. And so I knew I would be. This would be a struggle for me. And the more students in the group, the the worse it is for me. And so we had this group of four students. And it was assigned, you know, in September, a typical full semester, with a due date in December. Uh, so, of course, we had plenty of time to do it. And even as much as I like to talk about not procrastinating, um, there's no way I started that project in September. So, you know, don't think I'm some miraculous person that uh, gets shit done, you know, when it's first announced or uh, assigned. We waited until November to do it, and by that time, two of the four students had dropped the class. So my group went from four to just me and one other person, and that was actually a blessing to me. You know, it was more work for the two of us to do, but it was less people to coordinate, 
less opinions to have to take into account. So I actually, you know, did a did fairly well on that project because of the fact that for a group project, just having one other student was was pretty easy. Uh, the student was on top of her shit, and uh, you know we we finished well in advance, which actually turned out to be a blessing because um, there was an issue with our project that we had actually uploaded it a week early and had the instructor pop in and say, "Hey, I noticed something about your project. You, you turned it in early, but I wasn't able to do this with it." And it gave us the time to correct it. And we weren't staying up at 1130 at night when the project needs to be uploaded by, you know, midnight. Um, we had plenty of time to work it out. Um, I actually had to kind of, you know, do some research on how to fix the error. And we still finished, you know, days ahead of schedule. And uh, my partner, it was funny, she was talk, telling me that she's friends with a lot of other students in our class. This was an online class. And said, as we were uploading it, some some people haven't even started yet, some groups. And I, I just thought to myself, thank God I did not get assigned to a group like that because I just can't work like that. And um, when I am forced to work like that, my mental health suffers. And I imagine a lot of you do too, right? Feeling that anxiety, um, even if you try and push it off and think about something else, it'll creep back into your mind. Just not the way for me to live. And if you experience a lot of anxiety uh, as it pertains to your, your school uh, schoolwork, I would not suggest taking that approach. So um, starting early on projects was another part of my daily wellness plan. And the last one I had, there's room for eight, I only came up with five, uh, was eating relatively healthy. <laughs> um, when I'm doing well in school, I am sort of you know on top of that. Um, I'm not, you know, stopping at Wendy's on the way to class um, every single time. You know, I'll do that once in a while, but um, that's not the way, that's not a routine that I really want to get in the habit of or slamming energy drinks, you know, in class because I'm so fucking tired because I was, you know, doing shit I shouldn't have been doing up late the night before, you know, on Reddit or whatever it is. Um, so... For me, eating relatively healthy is a lot about like kind of bringing food that I buy at the supermarket to class and, and sort of as an extension of class to work. Um, there's a lot of overlap for me since I, I'm a teacher and I am in class as a student. Um, it's sort of uh, blurry lines at times, but uh, I think it's important for me to be able to have, you know, bring a sandwich and, you know, it doesn't have to be the most healthy thing on the planet. You know, I like my mayo and I like my cheese and stuff, but, you know, it's definitely better than uh, a hamburger from Wendy's. So doing that kind of stuff, you know, bringing food that is, is better for me, um, starting off the morning with a smoothie. I've kind of gotten away from that one in recent weeks. Maybe I'll go and make a smoothie when I am done with this uh, podcast. You guys may have just inspired me. Um, so that's what I have for... Uh, the list of things that I am as, do as a student when things are going well. Second section here, the middle section, um, talks about uh, things, uh, adjectives really, of, of when things are going well for you at school, I am blank, right? Um, so the examples they gave are responsible and attentive. I am responsible at school when I'm well. I am attentive at school when I'm well. 
and I think most people would agree with those. So I actually had those on my list, but I added a few more. I actually got to eight with this list. So beyond those two, I had I am punctual at school when I'm well, right? I'm not showing up late to class. Um, that is something where, yeah, if you the option of showing up late or not showing up at all, better to show up late, right? There are going to be times even in my own life when I would like to be on time and I'm not. And, you know, it's better than not showing at all. So sometimes you have to look on the bright side with that. But when things are going well, I'm not only on time, but even a little bit early because if I'm late, it makes me anxious. And when I walk into class and I'm already at a heightened level of anxiety, it's going to be harder for me to learn. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to reflect on me when I walk in and everyone turns around and looks because I'm in small classes and not giant lecture halls where you could sort of blend in. Um, here's another one. I am organized at school when I'm well. Um, this one is a critical one. And I imagine for a lot of you guys, um, this is one that some of you may struggle with, right? You show up to class and you reach into your bag and you pull out your your notebook and you realize, oh shit, this is the wrong notebook. I should have brought the other one. Um, or, oh, I knew I, I did the reading. I'm so proud of myself. I walk into class and then I see, oh, I did the wrong reading. You know, I read for the following week instead of for this week. And that's just lack of organization, right? Um, so being organized is, is one of the, the priority ones for me. Here's one that's slightly different. I am creative at school when I'm well. Uh, when things are going well, uh, it's important for me to sort of really put my own spin on assignments and, and even just, you know, questions I ask in class or, or feedback or points that I make in class. When I'm not doing well, I will just do what I need to do, the bare minimum, right? And that's sometimes a skill, too, to be able to rally when things aren't going well. But... I really appreciate trying to kind of push the envelope when it comes to exercises and assignments that allow it, right? There's no reason to be creative just for the sake of being creative. But if I can, you know, express myself in a way that's a little bit different than everybody else has and stand out a little bit, I think that instructors appreciate that. You know, I talked about um, in my online class, uh, Ace Your Online class, about sometimes when you have sort of, uh, I'll give you an example, discussion forums are uh, the bane of people's existence on online classes at times. Um, people can get very boring and not be creative at all. And think about it from the instructor's perspective, reading all of these posts and uh, same thing over and over. And then somebody takes a stab at the contrarian view. I really respect that if they can even, you know, halfway approach an argument that is succinct and sort of, you know, different, you know, creative. So when things are going well, I will I will make the extra effort to do that. When things are not going well, I will not. And I'll just sort of do it at the bare minimum of what I need to do. And usually that does not end up being very creative. Next one, I am prepared at school when I'm well. What do you guys think about this one, right? It kind of goes along with responsible, um, you know, knowing what you need to do and having the organizational wherewithal to have it on your radar. Uh, so being prepared is important. And how about this one? I am focused at school when I'm well. Uh, this is another one where in working with students that have had mental health issues in the past and talking with them, 
Um, the ability to focus is one that a lot of people report trouble with, and uh, it could be as a as a function of their the symptoms of their mental illness. Uh, it could be because they got there late and it's hard now to come into focus, uh, or something happened on the way that's sort of um, distracting you. So this is a big one, and um, if you're having trouble with focus, there are things that you can do um, that can help. You know, meditation. You know, guided imagery. Um, deep breathing. Uh, some of these things will sort of recenter you in a way that uh, you know helps when you walk into class and, and be able to really attend to what's being talked about. Sometimes if I have a lot going on right before my class, you know, a bunch of meetings and I actually teach a class right before I go to my class, I will sit in my car, you know, rather than go into my office or rather than go into the classroom early, I'll sit in my car and just, you know, close my eyes and do some breathing and just sort of center myself on, okay, going into class, time to learn, going to sit here and purposely relax. And in your car, you know, I... Maybe I may have a podcast on in the background, or I might just uh, might put some music on, or I might not listen to anything. Sometimes I'll drive over to a park nearby and uh, go there if I, you know, feel like it. Sometimes just going out in the car in my park in the parking lot at school is, is fine too. So focused is my seventh one, and then the last one I have here: I am calm at school when I'm well. You know. Uh, and this goes along with the focus, right? When I'm not focused, I am sort of anxious, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that, kind of jumpy. And when when you're feeling that way, it's very hard to focus. It's hard to organize. It's often hard to take notes. Um, so I added that one at the end, calm. Okay. Now we're going to get to the, I think, the important ones. Uh I think they're all important, but this list is the things that are the most critical to me and my um, intellectual wellness. So the following is a list of things that I might do every day to stay well while in school. And every day is bolded, um, but not necessarily true. You know, you might have a cheat day, for example, if you think about uh, somebody that's on a diet and they kind of have the same ritual or routine of eating, you know, very strictly according to their diet. And then they have one day where they can sort of eat with reckless abandon, right? And they just love it. Um, I think, you know, in any kind of um, routine that you engage in, it's important to have a time every once in a while where you deviate from that routine purposely to be like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, do do something different today. I'm going to sleep in. <laughs> um so some things you may not be as easy to do this and skip. Um, some things you may not want to skip, right? I never skip walking my dog in the morning. Then one of the wellness tools I talked about last week. Uh, even if it's really cold, even if it's pouring rain, um, we do it because it's just, I don't know, it's not only about me. That's one thing that I think about, you know, it's about the dog too. Uh, so here are a few things I put down. The examples they had given are reviewing my notes before class or making a daily to-do list. So that actually is one I would have put on even if it was not suggested as an example. Um, this is one of the most important things that I do for myself. And it uh, really relates to both work and school and life because 
I usually will have a, a giant list of things that I have to do at any given time, and it's a, sort of a brainstorming list. Uh, you know, things will pop into my head and be like, oh, shit, I have to do that. And I add it to the list. It may not be something I have to do today, but it's something I have to do. And I, if I have to do it, it has to go on some list. So I have sort of a master list of all the shit I got to do. And that will be schoolwork. That will be work work. That will be, you know, phone calls I got to make to family or, you know, anything and everything. Um, and that list can get pretty exhaustive and overwhelming. And... You know, when I sit down in the morning to say, you know, tackle things, it's it's a Tuesday here, and I have, uh, you know, my giant list. I'll look at that list and decide, okay, of this list, what are the say five things that I need to get done off that list today? Sometimes it's only two or three things if they're really, you know, labor intensive stuff. But having, I sort of have a master list, but then I have that daily to do list, and it helps to write the things out on the list and. Um, you know, I use uh, either a notepad or a, a post-it note, you know, purposely. I got this from Tim Ferriss, you know, because he think he uses an index card because you don't want to put 15 fucking things on there because you don't want to set yourself up for failure. And there's a good chance if you do that, you, you know, stretch yourself too thin or you won't actually follow through on everything you need to. And then you get yourself feeling down like, oh, I should have done, I should have done better today. How come I didn't get all this done? You start beating yourself up. And that is not what you want to be doing, right? So I will sit down and sometimes I try and do it the night before even. That's even better is write down the five things that I have to do for today, you know? And so an example for me was I had to uh, grade these assignments this morning. I had to record this podcast. I have to make a phone call after this to get a, a schedule a haircut appointment. Um, I note any kind of meetings that I have. So I'm meeting, I have a phone call meeting with somebody at three o'clock today. Um, and it just kind of keeps me focused on the things I have to do. And it's so nice to be able to cross those things off because I might finish this list at say one o'clock in the afternoon and realize, oh, I didn't actually put enough on here. And I'll look at my master list and figure out one or two more things that I can uh, knock out for the day. That is a super, super important thing for me. And I'm sure you're going to have the one or two things on this list, this daily wellness plan, um, that you kind of like star exclamation point or circle. They're like, the, if, I, if I don't do anything else on this list, I got to do this thing, right? Um, reviewing my calendar is the second one. I have to look at my calendar every single day. Um, we've talked about calendaring a number of times in the past. I am a full convert to the paper calendar. Thank you, Passion Planner. Um, and it sort of reassures me that I'm not missing anything when I, you know, open it up and be like, okay, yep, things I needed to be were on there. Or again, I'll be in the middle of one of those things that I'm, I put on my daily list and think, oh shit, I have that uh, appointment coming up that I forgot to put in. And it's nice to just have it next to you to be able to enter it in and not feel like there's things missing. So I often, well, not often, but once in a while I'll get this feeling like, I feel like there's something I should be doing today. I, I, there's something standing out in my head, like this date this date is triggering something for me and uh, more often than not yeah it's because I forgot to put something in the calendar but I think even switching over to a paper calendar has really helped me with that because of the fact that when I was using an electronic calendar you might have that thought pop into your head of oh 
I've got to put this in my calendar. But it's a lot of steps, right? Oh, I got to take out my phone or open up my computer and enter in the password and find the right app and open it up and enter it. I ain't got time for that anymore, people. Um, I am so in love with my paper planner um, because it's just so much easier to just whip it out, open it up to the page. I have a paper clip marked to the, the current week to be able to find it so super easy and just drop that in there. So I review my calendar every day. This is a big one. Staying on top of email. So I have to, you know, sort of clean out or, or make sure that I respond to every email that I need to uh, in order to feel like I'm on top of my shit. Uh, once in a while, I'll get behind on this, right? And I'll only maybe respond to a, a one or two knowing like, oh, I got to get to that. Um, it's good, I think, to have a system where you can maybe flag emails for follow-up because of the nature of email. It's just if you are one of those people that subscribes to a lot of things um, or your school is constantly sending you messages that you just are like, I don't give a shit, um, you know, they can flood your inbox and make it very hard to focus on the important emails. So every once in a while, I'd say about every two weeks or so, I'll like go through my emails um, one at a time, you know, and scan and just see if there's anything I missed. Or I've been trying to, to get in the habit of doing this more is, is flagging those ones. It's like, oh, okay, I, I don't have time to attend to this right now, but I know I need to. So you just go in your email and search for flagged emails and just all the ones that popped up that you didn't get to, I'll just sort of knock them all out at once. So that's another huge one. And that's, that's really a work-related one um, that kind of goes with school as well. Um, here's another one that I, I want to spend a little bit of time on. Um, one thing I want to do every day if I'm taking an online class is log into it every day. Not, you know, necessarily five days a week or, I mean, seven days a week. You know, five days is sometimes okay. You can give yourself a little bit of break from Moodle or Canvas, whatever you use. But these people that log into their online course once or twice a week... I don't know how you keep at the forefront of your mind everything you need to be doing or responding to the needs of the instructor or the other students in the classes. They are, you know, especially if you have discussion forums and whatnot in, involved in your course. Uh, I need to kind of just check up on things and make sure, okay, I didn't miss anything or, oh, look, that, that got commented on. You can use um, subscriptions in, in a lot of these learning management systems. Uh, as a sort of check. Um, so let's say your assignment was to, you know, complete this discussion forum. And so you can subscribe to your own thread that you start. And then every time somebody responds to it, either an instructor or another student, you get an email that says, hey, check your, uh, check your discussion thread. I think those are great things. I hate when the instructor forces you to be subscribed to all. <laughs> um, that is not helpful to me, so uh, hopefully that you don't have instructors doing that for you. Um, but definitely just having a pulse on your online class and just being able to detect from day to day the changes that go on, really important for me. may not be for everybody, but it just kind of puts my mind at ease. And then the last one I have here is things you need to do every day to stay well in school, um, chunking. Uh, when I think about chunking, I'm mainly thinking about breaking up readings. So one thing I have in my, my courses is a lot of fucking reading. 
and I imagine a lot of you do too, right? English majors out there, um, you might be, you know, assigned an entire book. <laughs> it's like, oh, read this novel for next week, and then we'll discuss it in class. And you're like, oh, great. How am I going to do this with these four other classes I'm taking? The only way to do it is to break it up, you know, and to say, all right, there's 300 pages. I got six days. That's 50 pages a day. And you do the best you can to kind of stay with that because if you miss a day, then the next day it's 100 pages and it's like, ugh, so much more of a burden and a challenge. So breaking up whatever it is you're doing into smaller chunks um, makes it easier to get started on an assignment. You know, when you have a 300-page book to read, sometimes the hardest page to read is page one (laughs) um, because, you know, you might procrastinate up until then. So um, I certainly need to do this uh, strategy and I hope that you guys, um, you know, take it into account. Procrastination I know runs courses through the veins of college students, especially in undergrad when uh, a lot of times maybe people haven't been able to link the, the particular course that they're taking or even their major if they're planning on going on to grad school to their life's passions and it might be like why am I doing this you know course when I really don't give a shit about it but you you know being able to link it back to say all right I need to do this because it's a requirement for this degree and this degree is is what I need in order to get to that next step that I want beyond this uh you know beyond this realm so the only way to kind of start is to, you know, kind of give yourself a manageable amount of, you know, reading, writing, whatever it is, and, um, and then just knock it out, right? Uh, so those were the, the things that I have to do every day to stay well in school. You know, that, that last section there really gets at habits and routine. And it's something that I harp on on this podcast. Um, they're super critical to me. I lead a very, you know, I try to lead a very structured life because the structure helps my mental health. You know, the structure allows me to anticipate what comes next and not get too unnerved when things don't go your way. And all of that is important for me, you know, in being able to manage anxiety or, or stave off depression. And if, it, if it's important for me, I imagine it's important for a lot of you guys out there too. There's been a lot of research on, you know, the the effectiveness of, you know, healthy habits and how it's so much easier to stay healthy when you do little things each day than people that, you know, go long stretches where they lose momentum, get out of habits, and then decide, oh, it's time to get on top of things. And then they'll, you know, work hard on their diet or their exercise for a week, and then it drops off. You know, it's, it's been shown that that, that kind of, um, you know, up and down is, is not nearly as effective as the slow and steady you know, just work it into your schedule. It's only going to take five minutes because if you don't do that, it's going to take an hour, you know, if you you wait a week. So, you know, have in mind this idea of the importance of habits and routine and structure. And a lot of times college students, especially going away for the first time to undergrad, um, the the shackles of routine and structure are finally taken off of you because you're so used to, you know, doing the same thing at high school every day, you know, going to the same classes, you know, teachers and schools structure your time for you in secondary school, you know, in high school and junior high. 
when you get to college, a lot of times it's now up to you. You know, that's the big shift is you're responsible for your own schedule and your own routine. And you might think, oh, I'm not a routine type of guy or girl. I'm, I like to be spontaneous. And hey, if it works for you, it works for you. It doesn't work for me. I can be spontaneous, you know, at times, but it usually isn't what it, it's usually not related to my school or my, you know, vocation, my, my job. Um, I save that for, you know, entertainment and, and leisure and recreation. So, um, so yeah, I thought that going through some of the things that I put on my daily wellness plan would sort of um, spark some ideas and get people thinking about like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do on mine. Or I can't believe Derek does that. There's no way I'm putting that on my daily wellness plan. Awesome. Then what is going on your plan? Put it on there. Feel good about what you put on there. And... Um, I think that it really is true that what they say at the top here, when you're starting to feel out of sorts, you can often trace it back to not doing something on your daily wellness plan. You fell out of your routine. You know, your structure got compromised. And that's probably why you're feeling, you know, depressed or anxious or, you know, whatever it is. So look back to your routine. If your routine's not working for you, make a tweak, you know, trial and error, you know, that's how you figure things out. That's how I determined that I needed to do that daily uh, to-do list as opposed to looking at my giant list of shit and becoming overwhelmed. It's like, there's too much to do. I won't be able to get it all done. You know, the, the daily to-do list shows me it's like, I don't have to get it all done. All I have to do is focus on this one small piece of paper. And, you know, it's when you only have five things on it, you check off one thing, that's 20% of your shit done, you know, not always proportional, you know, sometimes it's going to be one thing on there that takes up half of your day. But I would also, um, I add, I'm going to add one more thing to this that I just thought of. Um, related to that is um, doing the most, um, doing the task I enjoy the least first is a really important thing for me to do to kind of build momentum every day. So I thought about this morning, I thought about, ah, maybe I'll do my podcast before I grade all these assignments. And then I was like, no, Derek, you know better. Get the assignments done because that's the thing I'm dreading doing today because it's going to take an hour and a half and it's kind of annoying. Um, and then, you know, take a little rest uh, and then get to your podcast. And that's what I did. And then uh, now I'm going to sign off in a few minutes and I'm going to cross this off the list and I'll basically be 60% done with my day and it's only 12.15. So I think it's going to be one of those days where I'm able to uh, you know, maybe tackle a couple more things that I didn't think I would have time for, add them to the list. So hopefully this was helpful for you guys. So as you might expect, your home exercise this week is to complete this section of your academic daily wellness plan. Um, it's page four. And next week, we will be back and talking triggers. And that is, uh, you know, that's where we kind of take the turn and to start thinking proactively. It's like, what are some things that could go wrong? Um, what are some things that set you off? So a sort of primer for next week, start thinking about that kind of stuff. All right, guys, with that, hope you guys have another killer week. Reach out to me if you're struggling with any aspect related to this wellness plan. I'd love to hear from you. And, you know, if I could be of any assistance, you know, please reach out. You can reach me on uh, Twitter. You can reach me on Facebook. You can just uh, send me an email, college student success podcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you guys. 
Hope to hear you uh, have you back next week. Peace. Peace.